Hey everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you, th- you think we should cover in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. Welcome to Force Lore Comics, your weekly update to the Star Wars universe as depicted in the Marvel comic books. Join your hosts Jim and Tim as they recap the releases of the previous week. For more in-depth talks about Star Wars, Jim and Tim can also be found on our Certain Point of View, a Star Wars and Mandalorian podcast. Force Lore Comics and our Certain Point of View are fan-based podcasts and have no affiliations with Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Force Lore Comics from our certain point of view. I'm Tim. I am Jim. Yeah, he is. And uh, we are here to, uh, well, we're here to apologize, and we're here to discuss three different comic books. Um, Jim and I both had some some crazy stuff going on with with work and home and everything just um, came down that... I'm Jim. There he is. Uh, these, uh, These books were not talked about. We've been reading them along, and... Um, we don't even talk to each other about them because we try to save our conversations about the current stuff for the podcast. So uh, we have three issues to cover today. Uh, for those of you who aren't caught up on the regular Our Certain Point of View episodes, uh, we'll be covering Star Wars issue number 14, uh, Darth Vader issue number 13, and Dr. Afra issue number 11. Um, quick little spoiler on the Afra. So far, this is my favorite favorite Afra from the Afra series. Um, and when I say that, I say that as the uh, 2020 Afra series. So there was the Afra series that took place prior to uh, Empire Strikes Back, between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Um, but for these 11 issues, this has been my favorite one so far. Um, Yay. So, there it is. Anywho. There it is. Yeah. I just found there. All right. Um... There is some news out there. We just uh, we just recorded and posted a episode eighty six of our certain point of view. We've got some some news and some different things to talk about. Um, I don't think anything big has come up since then. Uh, there was a new episode. I've watched of... a lot of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, I've been trying. I've been to... binging that lately. I'm on uh, season four. I've just been binging it. I'm still on season one, but my wife and I have actually been watching more TV together recently than usual, so I haven't had um, as much opportunity. So, there's a... Oh, I found out something interesting that kind of bleeds over from a conversation we're having on our certain point of view, which I didn't know this, but this is more your thing. Um, Have you ever heard of... uh, What's it called? Doctor When? Doctor What? Doctor Who? Have you ever I, heard of Doctor Who? I have heard of Doctor Who. Do you know an actor named Christopher Eccleston? Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Um, he was one of the um, Doctor Who's, apparently. I've never watched Doctor Who. So, no, okay. I don't recognize Christopher Eccleston. Um, oh, Yes. Well, Christopher Eccleston He's the ninth was, doctor. Yeah. See, I don't know how people. Yeah. He and did he did he love Rose? What do you think? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Uh, all I know is that he's a Christopher Eccleston is a major character in the TV show The Leftovers, which I talked about a lot on our certain point of view, um, because like the greatest show ever written. Very very depressing, not for kids. Um, but I thought you might find it interesting that Christopher Eccleston is one of the main characters on there. Yeah, um, I just that's did my news. A similar from search a show that's six years old. On uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Yeah, well, for Eccleston. when he was, uh, gosh, when he was in Doctor Who, that was, that was quite a so while. Was he British? Too. Yes. Wow, because he plays an American so. preacher. Um, I never ever, I just looked it up. He is English. Um, yeah. I never ever would have guessed he wasn't an American. Uh, he is amazing in the show The Leftovers. Everyone in that show is incredible, though. The acting in that show is just amazing. But anyway. Have yeah, you he heard? plays an American preacher, and he pulls it off. Do you know Richard yeah. E. Grant? I know Rick Grimes, but no, I don't know Richard Grant. No, oh. Richard E. Grant um, is one of the people featured in the end credits of last week's Loki episode. Ooh, I like Loki. I just watched the new episode today. There you go. Um, so... He is. He's in that. We'll talk about who he is at the end, because we don't want to spoil any Loki stuff until the end of our episode, because um, we don't want people turning our our Forcelor comics off. Um, but he is in that end credit scene from last week. He does appear in this week's. And he's also hey, in a few other uh, places that you might know, <laughs> uh, which will bring us back to where we are here. Uh, mainly, mm. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I, I saw that. Yeah, he is General Pride. Huh. I don't remember General Pride, but okay. General Pride was um, the one on... He, he's the one who always had the, the issue with... Uh, 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 what's it? Hux. The one that argued with Hux. Okay. At the table. All right. Well, you'll know it next time. I remember now. Yeah. I remember exactly what you're talking about now. So, and he's been, a, he's also um, acted as a, one of the doctors um, in a, I think in a Doctor Who miniseries and in, um, this what made me think of, of all this because I'd actually looked him up earlier because I was like, this guy looks familiar and I looked him up but he, he acted as one of the doctors and, and also a side character in the, uh, in Doctor Who. So, Doctor Who, Star Wars, and uh, and Loki. So here we go. That's where we're at. Um, I just huh? pulled up StarWars.com while we were sitting here talking, just since we're on the news part. Uh, Doctor Squatch unleashes the full power of Star Wars soap. Josh Friedman, uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Doctor Squatch, on a new collection of soaps that draws inspiration from a galaxy far, far away. Um, there's nah. only hope soap. Wisdom Wash, Dark Side Scrub. That seems gross. Ruthless Rinse. That's weird. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not interested. Their their commercials are kind of uh, off putting for me. I I don't even know them. I, I don't just, know. Okay. They well, very much like, play up the. Do you want? Do you do you have your man card? Because this is how you get it. You don't want to smell like a perfumed person, and which I actually don't care either way. I just. 
because I think whatever soap my wife buys, I use that. <laughs> Same <laughs> with shampoo. I use whatever uh, the family brings home. So Whatever's there. But yeah. they're like, yeah. So their commercials seem very disingenuous to me. They're like, if you're a man, you don't care about these things, so buy this soap. I'm like, wait a minute, but you just said I don't care about these. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I always took them as that more... As uh, was... Well, I was going to say, I always took them as more uh, satire, you know. I, I mean, I think they are, but again, I, I don't know. They're just I find them off-putting for whatever reason. Christopher Eccleston, on the other hand, I like that guy. I'll bet he smells good. Yeah. Huh. Anywho. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to... Uh, what are we doing? What are, what are we talking um, about? There have been some changes. <clears throat> the reason that we are uh, the three weeks delayed on our Force Lore Comics episodes is there have been changes in the release date. There actually have been changes. That's not why we're late, but um, there have been changes uh-huh. in some of the release dates. You know dates. smells good? Papa Bear. True story. <laughs> Sorry. What, what changes to the release dates? What are you talking about? Um, just a few things, like uh, the High Republic book, uh, number issue number six, which is already oh, out. We're not including it in this episode. We're going to talk about it next week. Um, it came out last week. It was supposed to come out originally three weeks ago, um, and they moved around a couple of the others, which we'll talk specifically about what's coming out next at the end of this episode, like we always do. But if you hear some inconsistencies, for example, on July 14th, 2021, there were supposed to be three books released. There are now two books being released um, because of those changes. So it's just some things got moved and shifted a little bit, um, which could have happened for any number of reasons. I don't know if it was a, I mean, it could be a story decision. It could be a, you know, there's just a lot of pieces that could, that could get books delayed or they wanted something really important to happen in the Star Wars book. So they backed it up because they didn't want it spoiled by the Vader book or, you know, whatever. Something like that could happen. All tie together right now. Speaking of which, um, two episodes ago, I I can't even remember what book it was. And I listened to these episodes. I can't remember what book it was. Do you remember there was the one book we really, really, really didn't like the the illustrations. We really didn't like the artwork in the book. Remember Chewbacca looked like a... Yeah. Somehow looked like a blob. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. Um, And I talked to... uh, the guy at my local comic book store here. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, if you're a comic book reader, or if you'd like to become a comic book reader, I recommend you reach out to your local comic book store and start buying from them. You will pay the same price for a physical copy of the book, and right now Marvel will let you uh, get a digital copy of your book as well. So you can still carry the books with you digitally if you want to, but you get that, f- that extra copy. It's almost like getting the paper copy for free, except you support that local comic book store. So, um, but I was talking to him and, uh, <clears throat> well, basically he said, yeah, sometimes, you know, the, one of the big things that'll happen when you get like, this, just some random artist in an issue and you don't enjoy it is if the typical illustrator or typical artist is, uh, running behind on their books, they'll get yeah. someone who's not necessarily great, but who always works fast to make sure the books are released huh. on time. Um, and so sometimes so, when you get like just a person who just surprisingly shows up and you're like, what is going on with the art in this book? And then they're gone. There's actually typically a reason behind that. Oh, I've got other comic book news. All right. This comic book news is okay. not for children. Um, and I've already purchased the first two issues and, and Jim, I'm going to let you borrow them. Uh, Keanu Reeves 
is writing a comic book series called Berserker. Have you heard of Keanu Reeves? Really? I did. Uh, he was in the movie The Matrix, I want to say. He was. He was. Did you John see John Wick? Wick? Yeah, okay. Um, Bill and Ted? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's. I'm a fan. I don't know if you realize this, but you know Arden, who does our our theme music, he looks like, uh, and I'm not kidding, he looks like Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Like, weirdly looks like him. So, that makes people probably want to meet Arden more. Yeah. And Arden, of course, wants to meet all of them. Um, Yes, he does. Actually, he's kind of an introvert. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's not big on the meeting people thing. Let me let me support the statement hung out for everyone. With him the other day. Hold on, yeah. Well, let me support. I can support that statement for everyone. Um, I don't think I've met Arden yet. Uh, you probably haven't. Yeah, I, so, I hung out with him the other day because he bought a motorcycle, an antique motorcycle, and he's having some trouble with it. And so I went over there and uh, with another friend and uh, helped him get it going. Well, I really yeah. just watched, but but yeah, that was as much as I've seen Arden in about a year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, and he's a friend of mine. So. There you go. So anyway, this and book looks is like called Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Not cutting it's called our dust. Ravage. Called Berserker. Revenge. Berserker. Berserker. Um, with no vowels. B R. Z R K R. Might be S R K R. So like ancient Hebrew, no vowels. Yeah, it's pretty Fair cool. Fair enough. Um, but it's neat. Anyway, that's uh, some comic book news. Um, for for anybody. Interesting Keanu Reeves stuff, and there's rumor that Keanu Reeves is uh, potentially going to do a series or a movie based on this once he's done with uh, the release of the comic book. So that kind of made me want to buy them more. And Star Wars fan among Star Wars fans to have him play a Star Wars role at some point, and like a lot of people want him to play like uh, Ravon or something like that. That would be kind of cool. You know? I, you know, and I'll tell you this. Um, I always pronounce it Revan. I don't, it's, it's, I don't know the pronunciation. It's one we've never heard officially pronounced, so right. yeah, I don't know which one's so correct. we can just do whatever yep. we want. That's why, I was, that's why I was saying that. When I say Revan, I'm not correcting you. I'm just, that's just what I've always said. Anyway. Well, no, that's interesting. It's like that of... old saying. When, when you hear somebody mispronounce something, you shouldn't make fun of it um, for it because it means they read it instead of being told it. It's actually a sign of uh, self-education. So it's Revan. Yeah. Probably is Revan because it's it's supposed to be like Revenant. Hmm. Um, that is probably the only it. character that I would be happy seeing him in a role in, in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I imagine most other characters would be he would he might be distracting. Um, as an actor. Yeah. So that's, that's and that's that's, that's just true. me personally. That's not saying he would do a bad job of it. He'd probably do a great job of it. And he's—I enjoy him as an actor. He'd probably prove me wrong, um, but if there was actually a release of of Revan or some kind of, you know, deep dark Sith or or even a like, almost ancient practicing Jedi, like somebody, somebody almost, you know, foreign and mystical to everyone else, I could see him playing that part and being okay. Um, we had the issue with Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson. He he really, yeah. You know. Yeah, and for the most part, they did try to pick kind of no-name actors for most Star Wars. <clears throat> well, not no-name, but you know, not not well-known either. 
yeah. for that very reason that they didn't distract you. Like Lord of the Rings did the same thing um, yeah. when they originally casted with Gandalf and Saruman being the two big exceptions to that, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, have you started the new High Republic novel? You did start it, didn't I you? I did. I did. I did not. Okay. Yeah, I'm about ten about chapters it. in, and I am enjoying it a lot more than the last one. Um, it's okay. not my favorite Star Wars book ever yet, but I am enjoying it. <clears throat> um, it's Exploits of the I'll Jedi, you know, start it's it. all right stuff. Um, but again, it's it's certainly better than than into my the problem dark is I'm listening. Have you ever read anything by Stephen Pressfield? I've not. So he's a historical uh, novelist, meaning he writes historical fiction, but he's one of these guys who is extremely, extremely dedicated to correct details. So he's one of these guys that you actually can learn a lot about history by reading his books, um, because he's pretty much dead on. Um, but he does add narrative to it, so it's it's historical fiction. But um, he just released a new book, and I got into it instead of the High Republic book. It's called Man at Arms. Um, if you want to learn about the ancient world, definitely, or he, he's big with military history. Um, Stephen Pressfield's awesome. Man at Arms, you'd like this, Tim. I like it. Anyway, it's about the Roman soldiers who were tasked with putting down the early Christian church. So literally the soldiers who were chasing around the letters that eventually became the New Testament. Um, it's a fascinating kind of look at the Roman Empire during that time period. But anyway. I like that. Some of that <sighs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool book. It's told from the the uh, perspective of those soldiers who were given those tasks of like finding these guys who are carrying these letters that eventually become like Corinthians and Thessalonians and so on, um, because you know that was illegal correspondence back then. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a really cool book. I don't know what Stephen Pressfield's like religious leanings are. I don't. And in the book, that's not really the story. It's just fascinating the way things happen. Um, because, you know, we know that these soldiers are ultimately doomed to fail because Christianity goes on to be the largest religion on earth, um, currently, anyway. Um, so, kind of interesting. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Well, during the, uh, so during that, the that's, summer that season... My, well, that's, yeah, that's I what was I was going to say. Go ahead. That has my attention a lot more than the High Republic book does right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to it. And that's, that's my big thing, too, is I'm trying to put time into it, but there are... Uh, some other podcasts that I really know and, and respect what they're doing, um, both for Star Wars and for some non-Star Wars stuff that I listen to. There's the uh, there's the High Republic book. I'm trying to get myself to physically read a bit more. Um, yeah, me too. Just to just to to be in the act and get myself back into the habit. Um, yep. And so I'd like to do that, and I've got um, four books. Ready to go, sitting on my on my nightstand, and then I've got, you know, shelves of books that I've I've purchased for interest over the last few years that I never read, um, because I I got so into audiobooks and podcasts and podcasting and you know the other hobbies that I have, and then reading got put aside um, for the last you know I don't know a couple decades, um, <laughs> you know, but I, and I've I've read some books, but not as much as I'd like to, and so I've got a few books that I'm trying to. Trying to get myself through um, soon. And on the opposite side of that, going back to listening, I had a question for you before we start talking about comic books. Or these comic books. Mm. 
Do you listen to any music when you're reading the comic books? No, I don't usually mix music and reading. Okay. I was just curious. Um, I usually will put on one of my Star Wars playlists that I have, <clears throat> which I've got a few. Huh. Um, and I've got now, some Oddly, that... I do mix music and writing. When I'm writing, I have to have music on, but when I'm reading, I usually don't. Yeah. So, no. And I have put some, um, when I say foreign classical music, classical music that I haven't heard before, stuff that I don't know. Um, you know, not the not your major, you know, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony or anything, because you, you know every part of that, so you're... Which might be better for... Anyway, when I'm reading, it depends on what I'm doing. Typically, I'll do... Uh, Star Wars music for the Star Wars comic books. Um, and then I kind of get that, that feeling in the background. The only big problem is when you get the slow moments in the comic books, you know, you can kind of shift to, to some slower tracks on the soundtrack if you know where they're at fast enough, which I listen to a lot of Star Wars soundtracks, so I can do that pretty good. And I've got playlists set up for different things. Um, yeah. Because I, I enjoy it. And uh, speaking of music... If you are a fan yeah. of the music of the 80s and 90s, and... Uh, Where would I go? Well... What, what should know. I listen to? Well, as long as you're not looking for the the super poppy stuff. Um, if you're a fan of the 80s and 90s music, you should really listen to this guy, Gordon. Um, yeah. And uh, his show. We're going to hear from him in just a second here in this ad. And uh, and I'll tell you, we'll hear about it again in a second, I'm sure. But uh, Gordon's the only guy I know who can put Jim in the corner. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your request on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. And there you have it. That's Gordon. And uh, Jim, I'd like to know how uh, how Gordon put you in the corner. He he put me in the well. I gotta admit, he didn't. <sighs> Not only have I been missing Force War comics podcasting, I've missed the last two weeks of uh, of Jim's corner on the riff. So this last show was actually a repeat. He uh, just rebroadcast one. And then I missed the last week altogether, the week before that. So uh, I guess I got out of the corner. I need to get back into the corner. Um, yeah, I, I'm having writer's block. I, you know, it's a themed show, and I'm running out of themes, even though when I first started it, I had like a million of them, and I should have written them down. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, you gotta, I'll come you up with something. immediately. <clears throat> I've got... Yeah. It's a history of rock show, if you don't know. But I do try to focus on songs from the 80s, and uh, I actually haven't hit much of the 90s at all. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, and I told you there's a couple <sighs> that of... That was uh, 30 years ago. A couple of 2000s um, <laughs> groups that you can you can get in there with, but I know they're not they're not history oh, in the I same sense. I have plenty of new music. 
Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's a ton of that. One of the problems I'm having is I've been listening to a lot of new music lately, which again, a lot of that's because of Gordon. I got um, stuck with that yeah, too. Yeah, so I've got like yep. a lot of new bands that I've been listening to, and I've been enjoying a lot. But I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some Star Wars comic books here because, well, we. That's why we're here. I think. That's how we pay the bills. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, um, especially if you if you yeah. like what you're hearing so far, and we haven't even gotten into the Star Wars content, if you're enjoying this, please reach out and give us a five-star review or a like or a follow. Hit the subscribe and you know, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, um, keep on listening. Get the notifications. We're going to send stuff out every week, usually twice a week. And uh, the comic books are... I'm enjoying the comic books a lot. Um, of course, I like our regular show, and I like our, our reviews of Bad Batch, but these comic books are filled with nostalgia blended with new story. You know, it's all of our favorite characters, and um, for those of us who have been in this for a long time, you know, the characters that we, we like the most in the movie and the time period that we like the most. Um, so we've been really enjoying the comic books. We like to talk about them, so reach out and... Uh, you know, if you have any input, reach out that way too. We're on uh, Facebook at our certain pu- certain point of view for positive Star Wars, and uh, on Twitter at our certain view. Those are the two really the best places to reach us. Or you can hit the note or the link in the notes here and leave us a voice message on Anchor. So yeah, let's save Do solo. It. That's how we grow the show. That's how we grow the show. Save solo. Star Wars, episode, episode, issue 14. Gosh, that's the hardest part of doing this comic book podcast. I wonder if I've lost any, I won't know because they're gone, but I wonder if I lost any comic book readers who are just just dedicated to comic books listening to this, who are like, he keeps calling them episodes, and they left. Um, Mm. Issue number 14, and uh, this is called Save Solo. This is the Star Wars book, issue number 14. Uh, was released all the way back on June sixteenth. Let me say that again. June sixteenth. Today, I remember that far back. Is Wednesday, July seventh. Yeah, America that's, had a birthday. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, writer is still Charles Soule. Artist uh, Raymond Rosanas. Colorist Rochelle Rosenberg. And the cover art in this one was another one of those that had three. Our Carlo, I think we've had this guy before. Uh, Pagulayan, Jason Paz, Pagulayan. and Rain uh-huh. Barredo. Rain Barredo. Barredo. So, um, three cover artists, and uh, because there are three this of them, it's a good cover too. It's a it's a great See, cover. See, Chewie looks great in this cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not a not a blob, Chewie. He looks like. He looks no, like it does Chewbacca. not look like a fifth grader who you would punish when they got home. <laughs> 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 what? That was rude. Well. <laughs> That's okay, and and you know in their defense yeah, we, I mean, we knew whoever made the Chewbacca in that whatever that issue was we didn't like, um, we knew who Chewbacca was, right? We could we could going see on my refrigerator. Um, you know, <laughs> if I'd been hired to release a book as quick as that person might have been hired to release a book, my Chewbacca wouldn't look like that. Mine would, well, no, mine wouldn't. You're right about that. That's a good way to put that. Mine would not look like that. <laughs> eh, it depends on the speed. Depends on the speed. Anyway, yeah. um, we are off 
to try to find Solo again, uh, we start off with Luke, Chewie, and 3PO coming back from Narshada. And we start off with Princess Leia and a, and a vision. This vision was kind of cool. How do you feel about this? It's a weird vision, man. I didn't understand it. Yeah. It's Han coming out of Carbonite on in Bespin City. Yes. In the in Carbonite the chamber. chamber. I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. So... Is she just dreaming? What? I don't yeah. think so. Um, so, I don't know if this was truly a vision. I th- and I think it was. But I think what's happening well. here, because the way the way she's envisioning it is the way that it actually happens, right? Like the, all the lights coming out and it, you know, kind of the the way it melts away. Um, yeah, wrong place, though. So I think it's a vision, but the, the Jedi visions are not, you know, perfectly clear of what's going on, um, you know, when they tell the future. Yeah. And this could have been her mind just just seeing him come out of the carbonite and you remember creating... that time Luke thought about Luke thought about killing Kyra, Kylo Ren just because he had a bad dream and yet he wanted to like convert his father after his father had killed millions of people yeah Luke didn't want to kill Kylo Ren I just was holding a lightsaber over him contemplating but yeah, I mean, he might have changed his mind, but still, he didn't do that to his dad. Yeah, he sort of <laughs> did. Did I derail this? Well, his dad kind of deserved it. Kylo Ren just had a bad dream. <laughs> Kylo Ren did not have a bad dream. Kylo Ren was going through a bunch of stuff before the Either two. way, that was some Minority Report stuff going on there. Luke was thinking about hurting this kid because he might do something wrong, whereas his dad actually had... All right, listen, it's time. We're going yeah. to get Han. Oh, yeah, back to the comic book. Yeah. Um, that's Leia's yeah, opening line Yeah, they're on the Millennium here. Falcon. Yep. It's going to get Han, get and Han. she's talking to Luke. Um, Luke looks... Uh, dashing? Pretty, pretty, yeah, I was going to say... I was actually going to say dashing. I was trying to find a word around it. That's why I paused. <laughs> Which is really funny. So there's a there's a good description of it. Luke looks uh, dashing. Yeah. Uh, he looks very fit and clean in whatever he's he's wearing here. I kind of looked at this and I was like, man, someone could cosplay Luke in almost a Han Solo thing, but nobody would know who it was unless they read the comic books. Um, this is not enough that you see Luke in. Anywho, um, <clears throat> that's someone who <laughs> cosplays every now and then. It's just a thing that we notice. Um, but there's some argument here that, like, how are we going to find him? There's no way. And uh, we get introduced through a hologram to somebody that we've seen before. Do you recognize that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so her name is yeah, Amy Lynn It's, it's Holdo. Admiral Holdo. She's not well, Admiral yet. She will eventually be Admiral. Yeah. Um, she said, yeah, it's one of my closest friends, and I trust her. I know that she's telling the truth. She says that he is... Around. This is where he's at. It's, he's still frozen in carbonite, and you can get him. Yeah. It's Crimson Dawn. Right? There's an auction yeah, for Crimson him, and, Dawn and Crimson has Dawn has him. So, really what's going on um, right now, and this is going to kind of... Well, it's not going to spoil anything. Of course, we, we recapped Bounty Hunters uh, number 13 a few weeks back now. Um, but this first month of 
<clears throat> the War of the Bounty Hunters series, which I don't think we said today. <laughs> We're dealing with this War of the Bounty Hunters tie-in series. Uh, this first month of War of the Bounty Hunters, all through June, has been all of the books discovering that Crimson Dawn is around. Crimson Dawn has Han Solo. And you need an invitation to get to this auction, right? Like, that's that's the main uh-huh. idea of every single one of these books uh, that we're going to talk about today, actually. Um, because that's what's going on. You know, how does everybody get to this this place? Which is, a, which is kind of a neat concept. So what do we got next, Jim? Well, that's a good question. I guess um, we're on the hangar deck of the Redemption with the Rebel Frigate. I didn't know how far you want to jump. They say that oh, they yeah. need to employ an old friend, so they choose Lando Calrissian. Yeah, someone to help oh, them with the acquaintance. with who they're, with the type of people they're talking to. Um, but this was a big yeah. deal here because yeah, we've because had this. Last time we saw Lando and Lobot, things weren't going well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we know that Lando was essentially employed by Jabba the Hutt to provide information. I don't know if employed is the right word, but um, he was tasked by Jabba the Hutt and Bib Fortuna to to give them information about the Rebels. And it really seems like he's doing that. Yeah. You know, we debated this Definitely. before about whether he was he was sharing how much information he was sharing. Was he sharing enough that it mattered or was he sharing so much that, um, you know, enough that, sorry, was he not sharing enough that it didn't matter, but he was still being truthful. Um, But it seems like he's really telling them because he says, uh, well, yeah, he's going to give them the language that they're using to code their stuff with. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's where we're at. That's what it, yeah, that's, that's what we got out of it. So, uh, strange stuff is happening here with all of them. Um, and then we're off. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some there's some good conversations here. I, I really like mm-hmm. the, the interactions in these books um, between each of the characters and how they develop the relationships they have, which, you know, we don't know how close everybody got between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and, and we're learning some of that. Um, there's some good conversations. It's worth... Worth the read, but now they're talking about Crimson Dawn and who they are, and um, some of this is pretty good, because he says Crimson Dawn used to be run by a very bad man, a guy named Dryden. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know from the solo so movie that Dryden the movie was solo, the... Yeah. yeah, Dryden was the, the face of Crimson Dawn, but there was somebody above him. Well, and, and Lando even says, I think there was someone even worse above him, and of course we know that there was. It was Maul. Yeah. And um, Chewie says, her. Yes, he does. <laughs> and I'm thinking... And says, even Chewie agrees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's go time. We're, uh, we're sort of arriving here, but now Lando goes to this droid, and this was, this was a whole weird, funny kind of, uh, kind of thing here. So he's ready to send him away. 
Um, this well, is yeah, we should probably been t- it's been a while, yeah. That's so we should probably say, yeah. say who this droid was. This was the antique droid that they stole from the museum so they could use this antiquated language as the new code language for the rebellion. And it turns out he's going to sell this uh, droid to Java, and his whole deal was he's going to jettison it at a pre you know selected location to put it in, in space orbit. so that Java could come by and pick it up. Yep. Yep. Which means, yeah, he is essentially selling out the Rebellion. Yeah, because he's sending over um, what he would need to get that language, which is the language they're using to send their their codes and coordinates and things now. Um, It turns out this robot's been helping Lobot stay alive or something, I guess? So, no, this was just in these moments. Um because the robot hasn't been this this particular droid. His name is Talkie. They call him Talkie, but the Talkie has not been um, turned on. When he is turned on, he reaches out to Lobot. So it's in this moment that he actually reaches out to Lobot and clears um, the the machine that's taking over Lobot, or that basically has taken over Lobot um, and removed his humanity. And the the droid is able to fix and block that and let Lobot come back to himself. So it's doing a, an amazing thing here, but it's doing it as it's drifting away into space. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Amanda's like, wait a minute, we need to get, get him back. And then, Which and then Lobot is... Spot since, uh... Yeah, well, Lobot is suddenly gone. Um, yeah. And that's because the droid mm-hmm. is too far away. So and he can't exactly go to to Leia and Chewie and say, "Oh yeah, I snuck this droid on board so I could sell it to the Huts. Can we go back and pick it up because I really shouldn't have jettisoned it?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get a chance issue. to do that anyway. No, they didn't. So he wanted to go turn around, but he didn't really know how he was going to do it. Um, so Lando's a really bad dude in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he did say, yeah. and I didn't mention it, but he did say, "Why are you doing this?" Um, to to the actual talkie droid, and he told him, he said, it's because of what you did to him. You know, the droid says, what did I ever do yeah. to you? And he says, nothing, it's what you <laughs> did he to mentioned, him. Yeah, and he mentions Jabba has a torture uh, dungeon yeah. for droids, which you and I have talked about quite a bit. Like, yeah. what a weird thing this is. <laughs> like, why droids would be programmed to experience pain to begin with, and then second of all, why you'd want to inflict it on them. This whole thing is weird um, and disturbing from all its morality issues. But you don't need it to be subservient. Um, you have the um, uh, uh, restraining bolts. Restraining bolt? Yeah. You know, if you need... But they hurt them. They program them to feel pain, and then Jabba hurts them. That's yeah. so weird, man. That's messed it up. It is. It is. But it doesn't matter, because before they can, uh, before Lando can figure anything out, Chewie has a plan to go in low and fast into this planet so no one will see him. <clears throat> and as they try to pull it off, a ship jumps out of hyperspace right in their path. Yes. And they run into it. Skaboosh. Actually, it's current. And Chewie says, Hurr. He does. It almost looks like he says, hurrah, in this one. <laughs> hurrah. Hurrah. <laughs> um... So it's Black Sun, dun, dun, dun. Um, and we've seen some Black Sun stuff, and they immediately launch a bunch of fighters. They're mad that they scratched their ship, I guess, even though it was kind of their fault. They had the same plan, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, they also were trying to jump low and close to the planet so they could sneak into this big auction thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they dispatch the fighters, and then we get kind of a generic chase scene where Chewie runs the you know, Millennium Falcon straight at the planet's surface. At the last second, he pulls out, and the the you know other ships crash, and the Millennium Falcon goes into what I call a controlled crash too. That's what it does. Uh, yeah. on, aboard the Millennium Falcon, they call that landing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> And we have seen them land like this a few times in the story of you know throughout Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but Leia's like it's perfect because they are actually not far away at all from the giant ship where they're having the big auction. Yeah. Where Crimson Dawn is hosting it. The talkie is far away though. Dun dun dun. Yeah, he's he's still floating in space he's... as far as we know. So that's kind of an issue. So far away from. Didn't it seem like he was deactivating from being in space though? Uh, there was a weird image of him. It looked like he was, I guess, dying? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I mean, he could tell. be. I don't know. He's gone. He gone. Yeah. I don't know if that was... Oh, he because he made that noise at the end, and then he just... He's like... Oh, because he was yeah. connected to... And his the... eyes like went dark. <laughs> it's because he was connected to Lobot. Yeah, but his eyes went dark. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's where we end that's it. That's the end of the issue. And well, uh, I know it was brief. Um, I know we are spectacular storytellers, but uh, it's, a, it's a it was a good book. Um, it 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 takes the Star Wars has really doing a lot of work to make you decide whether or not you like Lando Calrissian. He's yeah, very very dedicated to his loading. friend. Um, very loyal to Lobot, and. You know, push comes to shove, he'll help defend these people that he's traveling with, but the overall rebellion he's just not interested in. That's what it seems like. That's that's yeah. where I'm at, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Well, so what's our next story? Next is Darth Vader number 13. My favorite of the three. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, this book is called Sound of Metal. And we've got some dun, dun, dun. classic people Slayer. in charge of creating this book. Um, this is Although written the by... cover's not that good. No, it's not my favorite. Right. It's not my favorite. The you cover, the, the drawing of... It's weird because the usually the cover is the premier artwork of the of the you know of the issue, but in this there's a lot better artwork inside the issue than the cover. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And uh, these two guys, Aaron Cooter and Richard Eisenhove, are the ones who did the cover. Um, they did last month's cover for Vader as well. So huh. they're not new to the Vader covers. Go back and look. Um, and as I recall, I think we. I think we liked that one, but it's also possible that we, you know, weren't as big of fans of it. We don't know. Um, no, that one wasn't. Uh, that one wasn't spectacular. I just jumped back to it here because um, I've got it on my on my oh. app opened up. Um, well, the artwork in the comic is good, so that's what. Yes, matters, and that's what that is. What's really important here, um, because they heard me making my my jokes and comments about 
judging books by their cover, and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to put a great book inside of not as great a cover. Um, and it's fine. It's you know, yeah. but it's just not. It's just not that that intense. Um, as intense as the scene appears to be, um, with Darth it Vader. Starts with a picture of Obi Wan blocking. Uh, I assume this is yeah. IG Eleven, but it's an IG droid. Um, right, is, is your assumption at the beginning? Anywho, it's written by Greg Pak. Artist is Raphael Ienko. Um We've seen that name before, and uh, the colorist is Jason Keith. Now, I don't remember Jason Keith, and I could just be remembering wrong. I don't know if he was if he did that last book or not. Um, but the colorist might be new, and again, that's not for the cover; it's just for the for the actual book. Uh, the answer is no. Last time it was Dean White and Giada Marchesio. So, um. And I've really liked the art last month throughout the book. So let's see what's happening this time. Yeah. Did you say something about Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. That's a name I haven't had. Yeah. Obi-Wan. He's, Obi-Wan. He's Where? Picture. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. You can't win, Darth. You strike me down. So there's a lot of uh, flashback stuff here again, uh, which I'll, I got to tell you about this this Vader stuff. The way that Greg Pak is writing this book, um, the memory stuff with Darth Vader, I'm really enjoying a lot. Um, and I don't know if that is because they are well drawn interpretations of what we saw in the movies, <laughs> because they're. I mean, he's just playing back scenes from the movies. Um, or if it's because of how well... I mean, it really does fit well into the story. I like the little flashbacks. That's just me. Oh, huh. me too. Yeah. So, lots of flashbacks for a bit. All these different places and scenes and things that he's done. And then we are on are in the Outer Rim. In the lair of Boku the Hut. And Boku, yeah, you may recall, is the most jacked of the huts. Yeah, he's the ripped hut. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Every time I look at him, I'm like, what in the world well, do you do? I mean, he's got to just do chin-ups all day long. And, and well, abs. And, and abs. Lots of abs. Tail curls. But he decides that, well, basically, he didn't have any choice in invaders. Like, you're going to work with me or for me, and you're going to get me to this. Uh... Where are they going? They end up with... the. They're, they don't go to the auction. They go to a place where a bunch of droids are trying to figure out where the auction is. I kind of got lost in this. I, I didn't know who these people were. Or these droids, I guess. Right, so he, he jumps into... Yeah. Um... <laughs> Sorry, you you yeah. jumped ahead of me. I'm, I'm just remembering everything that we're at. Yeah, so he goes and, and is, talks to Boku and yeah. is basically like, yeah, you're going to be you know, giving me this information that I need because they're looking for... He's on the hunt for Luke. I think that's the big difference. He's not on the hunt for Han. Yeah, but he knows that... Yeah, but he knows Luke is looking for Han, so therefore he gets sucked into this whole story arc too. Right, the same basic thing here. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they went to... Oh, because they came down off the planet... I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to... <laughs> put myself back into the uh, 
into this part of it because I'm still thinking about that other issue. All right. So, yeah, they're, they're on this ship with Boku. Um, and where are we going with these with these droids? Why is he chasing these droids, Jim? Bottom line is, yeah, so all the bounty hunters seem to be following the same path to try to find Han Solo, except uh, this hut knows about a group of droids who have picked a different path, and that kind of makes Vader and this hut think that the droids are on to something, and so they decide to go, yeah, I guess they're part of some gang that is run, that is all droids? I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with this group. Um, and I don't know if I was supposed to be, and I've just forgotten, but yeah, bottom line is it is a crew of droids and the, the hot Boku is like, Hey, if you go in there with an Imperial shuttle, they're going to know, you know, they're, they're going to scatter. So why don't you hitch a ride on my you know, ship and that way they, you can take them by surprise. And this actually does work. Sort of, they show up, then they launch the Imperial shuttle, and as soon as they see it, the droids do basically shoot it down. But by then, you know, it's kind of too late because they shoot it down, and Vader comes out right in the middle of their compound. Uh huh. And you, uh, you don't want Is that. Is that a good synopsis? Yeah. You don't, you don't want Vader it's coming the down. The Pirate on you. Repair Center. I don't know who these people are. Z nine City Seven is the location. Yeah, well, in the repair center, what I took from the repair center is whatever these groups of droids are who are potentially bounty hunters. And this could be the answer to our question, where do these bounty hunters come from? They could have a little uh, bounty hunter yeah. droid colony that they all, you know, report to and from. And there could be somebody here who's really collecting the credits for them. <laughs> you know, like a droid, I mean, I don't know, but that would I, that would fit and make sense. Probably it, it, it actually Ochi does say something before this. So Ochi is the kind of bounty hunter slash. Well, he's not a bounty hunter. He worked for the emperor. I think he's an assassin. He's assassin I think he's how I think. Yeah. Yeah, but he does make an interesting comment here where um, uh, the hut is talking to him, and I, I did like this. Uh, he's like, "There's nowhere <clears throat> safe in the universe" or something like that, and Ochi says, "No." You just find the biggest monster to stand behind. Yeah. That was an awesome line, I thought. Uh, so when the hut was like, so I guess I work for uh, for Vader. Can he be trusted? And Ochi says, well, he's he's never lied to me. There's that. And um, Ochi's like, well, he's a Sith. And, uh, yeah, and that's when he says the line, well, you know, there's no safe haven anywhere. You just find the biggest monster to stand behind. That was such a great and dark line to come from a comic book. Yeah. I also found it interesting that he's referred to as a Sith. Um, they do make it known that he follows the Force. Well, and I guess they call him Darth, so everybody might know what Darth means. It almost makes yeah. it seem like it's not just the Emperor. Ochi certainly would. Well, Ochi would, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just interesting when... But when you're it, right. The HUD is the one who said it. Yeah. Interesting when it comes up. Um, that's all. And there's there's a possibility that, you know, maybe Vader... We know that Vader is, you know, the fist, right? So you're, if Vader shows up, you know yeah. you're in trouble. He's not there to negotiate. He's there to swing his lightsaber um and and you find out about this guy but i don't know that they specifically label him as sith outside of the term darth but a lot of people at the time wouldn't know what darth even meant 
Um, That's true. You know, based on the way they removed the, the Jedi teachings. And the Emperor wasn't exactly flaunting that he was Sith, right? He was keeping that completely a secret. So, just a strange yeah. thing. Um, makes you wonder, you know, who and what everybody's doing. Now, there is some dealings with the old Sith through the huts. Um, well, not with the huts, but we know in High Republic that there's some stuff with the uh, Drengear. We like to make sure we bring that up um, for Jim's sake. But with the Drengear, they, um, the Sith had them imprisoned. And the, the huts weren't around for that part, but that could have come up in conversation with the Jedi. Uh, so just an interesting little piece. And then we get uh, Braca, 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 right? That's, those are our next yeah. sound effects. And uh, this is IG-88. Um, and we've seen how IG well, units it, can... Yes. The, before that, though, I do like this, that they get... So the Imperial shuttle gets taken down because they're attacking a complex of droids... And the droids slice into the Imperial shuttle's command and turn off the motor, turn off the engines. Uh, and that's a huge part of this comic. Um, and the Hutt's like amazed. Wait a minute, these guys are slicing Imperial code. Um, but I just like that they gave that nod to you're fighting droids. Probably it's their best, one of their best assets is their ability to corrupt any computer systems you use. Yeah. And they use that a lot in this episode, especially IG-88. Yeah. Yeah, they should have come here. But yeah, their, you're right. So we see their code breaker for uh, <clears throat> episode eight. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, yeah. That that episode eight is. <laughs> anyway, we so, see IG eighty uh, eight, and he yeah he's he's squaring off mano e mano against the Vader. Yeah, and he takes Ochi out pretty quick. Not kills him, but just knocks him out of the fight. And then it is just Vader and IG eighty eight. But IG eighty eight <laughs> pulls a trick on him. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. he do? Well, I like the conversation. How's between he them. shut down Vader? He slices his his breathing mechanism. Yeah, right? he slices he does. right into his. He suit. takes over his entire suit. Yeah, he takes over literally the entire suit. Um, takes over the, 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 the physical control. So like, what, what, you know, like his movements, he can control Vader's movements with the touch of a little pad. Yeah. Um, looks like a temp pad. Yeah. Or an iPhone. This is a serial, a serious, uh, problem with the, with the, with, for Vader. This is a big, big, it's a big serious deal. weakness right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, now right before that though, um, I, I like their conversation because he's like, you know, the only Vader. You know how Vader is. Vader's like the only reason you're still alive is, or still function. The only reason you continue to function is you have information I need. And he says, "Well, you're not yeah. my employer, so you'll have to download it from my severed head." <laughs> right? Like yeah. the the conversations between these two are written perfectly. Um, and Vader says, Vader "So says be so it." So be it. But then, yeah, he goes through all this stuff. Um, and basically says, now I'm going to take your head. But he's got Vader forcing his own lightsaber to, to right under yeah, his helmet. He takes over right. Vader's his his arm, and Vader's putting his own lightsaber to his own throat. Until and, and IG88 had said, "I told you this was going to have an enjoyable outcome." Uh huh. <laughs> and then IG88 makes a very serious tactical mistake here. And we see Brock. Meanwhile, on the ship, the hut is like, uh, 
one of his droids is like, we should probably fire because he sees Vader's in trouble, and the Hutt's like, uh, we will in a second. So he's thinking about betraying Vader, and that comes up later. Yeah. But yeah, IG-88 makes a very bad mistake by saying, because I'm holding this pad, I control you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vader's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, force yeah. pull, right? So, Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Force pulls the pad out of his hand, and now Vader can do whatever he wants. And what he wants to do, I thought this was a hilarious turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. He he puts IG-88, well, he forces IG-88 to put his own blaster to his own uh, connector at the neck and remove the head from the body. Yeah, I love that he did that. Use the force so the guy shoots himself in the throat. Yeah, and that's the end of IG-88, I guess. Yeah. And now we get to the point where where the Jack guy, right, Boku decides he doesn't want to deal with Vader anymore. Well, sort of. He was supposed to fire before to try to, when Vader was in trouble, and he didn't. And that's why Vader later is going to be like, you tried to betray me. Because now he's like, oh, shoot everybody. Now that Vader's like got the situation under control. Yeah. What's his name? I always forget. I just keep calling him the Hut because I can't remember his name. Boku? Yeah. 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 So when he fires, <laughs> Vader ends up like deflecting the, the fire and it kills basically everything around him except Ochi. Somehow survives. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ochi's Ochi. Ochi survives everything except for the dragon well, underground some of the actually some of the some of the i don't even i didn't understand why this was in the comic some of the uh, droids do escape and they're laughing it was weird they're like haha and i think he's holding ig88's head and he says kill you next time ochi and so they get away because vader's shuttle's destroyed but vader uses he then takes ig88's hand and goes into a control module somewhere and accesses it using IG-88's hand. And of course, what information does he find out? The invitation. So all right. Running theme in all these comic books. I don't remember the running away laughing. And I, I just might be remembering that wrong. but Yeah, I'm looking at the picture right now. They're on like a skiff and they're going, ha ha, kill you next time, Ochi. And one of them's holding IG. 88's head. Oh, okay. And then she yeah, takes a shot at him but misses. Yeah, that must be the the laughter must just be that they have the head. Is my yeah, guess. Droids that are laughing. Well, so yeah, they are finds also droids the invitation that feel pain. Of Crimson Dawn. That's true. <laughs> they get back on the ship, and uh, yeah, that's when Vader says, "You you know tells the hut you plan to betray me from the beginning, and yet you haven't. And what have you learned?" And the hut says that you can't be defeated. And then she says, good answer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because yeah. Vader just walks past. Right? Vader didn't have to kill him. Yep. He knows. He yep. knows. Um, Boku has but nothing bigger than the full guns of his ship. And he fired them on top of Vader. And Vader is standing in front of him now. So, yeah. like, he knows um, the same basic lesson that the Emperor taught to Vader a few uh, issues back. So... So what is this ending? So now we're on Coruscant, and it looks like it's IG-88. 
and he's walking into a garden where people are saying, I said he was, they're like, you failed, and he's like, you claimed he was structurally compromised. So it seems to be IG-88. Mm-hmm. And they said, I said he was vulnerable, referring to IG-88's ability to shut down Vader's body or take it yep. over there temporarily. Um, so yeah, we know how IG-88 then... was able to slice into both the Imperial shuttle and to Vader's suit. Um, Who are these people? And this is where we end. He's talking to these people, and they're saying individually he can defeat all of us, but together we could take him. And then the very last scene is is what just, uh, five people who I don't recognize. I don't either. Am um, I supposed to know who these people are? I don't think so. And they're all. She different. says her name. She says I'm merely administrator Moore. Yeah, just another cipher in the dark, scorned and forgotten. I think these are the Sith followers. <clears throat> huh. I think they're well, supposed they're... to be followers of the Sith religion. Um, and the, the diamond makes it, like, they have a diamond shape that they're wearing. Reminds me of a, no. to me, when I look at this, I see Sith followers, um, you know, wishing they were practitioners of the dark arts, but they're, they don't have the force connection necessarily or something like that. That's yeah. what I'm seeing and guessing. The next episode is called the Umbaran's Court Unleashed. Which I like Umbarans because of uh, uh, the Clone Wars. There's some really crazy stuff on Umbara. Yeah. Yep. That's the end of that uh, issue. All right, we got one more comic to go over. Yeah, we do. Um, this one's actually a lot faster to go over. We have something really cool happening here um, as far as one particular character goes. But we're dealing with Afra and... Um, Sanastaros, and uh, the other two in the Dr. Afra series are, I always forget their names, um, Just Lucky, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, Ariel Yu. Um, they're the two others that are kind of around here. But basically, um, they are still Dr. Afra. oh, we didn't talk about the meta for this episode, did we? Nope. Um, episode, this is an issue still. Uh, Dr. Aphra, number 11. Um, part of the War of the Bounty Hunter tie-in series, of course. This is called The Wreckage. Released just yeah. last week on June 30th, so we're back up to date. Uh, writer is Alyssa Wong. The penciler for this is Minku Jong. Inker is Victor Olazaba. Uh, the colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg. Who we heard. She does the coloring for um, the Star Wars book. And the cover art for this one was done by Sarah Pacelli and Nolan Woodard. Um, and the cover art's... Uh, okay. Um, yeah? I'm a little bothered yeah. by the cover art. Why? It looks... You can tell two different people had a hand in this. And that the... Yeah. That Afra and um, Staros were were put onto the image of Dirge after the fact. Yeah, I love the way Dirge is done. And yeah, it is a totally different art style from uh, Afra and, and... What's her name? Um, Sanastaros, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Afra drawing, I'm going to also say, is a little bit distracting. 
Well, yeah, and that's because it's it's basically like put on top of his image. Like it's not drawn in the same image. Um, I was gonna say because of the form-fitting clothing, but um, you know, I guess that's just a comic book thing. Yeah, I mean, she's always wearing that same outfit. Um, but I don't, right I, I don't know that in the book <laughs> it's usually that bad though. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, and, and I don't. I, it would have been better if they weren't in the image. If it was just the Dirge image. Yeah. The Dirge's um, image is cool. He looks like the guy from uh, the Clone Wars the Gennady series. That yeah. That fought uh, Kenobi. That fought Kenobi. Is, and is I, it the same guy? I can't remember that guy's name. I thought that it was. I think it might be. Um, it might be. And that, I, I fought over that for a while. But I don't yeah, remember. Like him. So. Alright, so we start this one on this nice cruise ship called the Opal Empress. Yeah, we do. And it's it's all fancy, and it's Evan Drake, uh, who's the nephew or the cousin or something of the... It the is the same guy. I looked it up. Yeah. More than 2,000 year oh, cool. years old, according to that. So that's what I thought it was. That's why I was really excited about this book. And, uh, cause I was like, this has got to be the same guy, but I never actually went and looked it up to see, cause I thought his name was Dirge. All right. Anyway, um, go Star Wars. Anyway. Yeah. We're on the, uh, we're on the ship here. Opal Empress. Continue. So Evan Drake is the cousin or whatever of this important woman who's hired Afra to basically go get him and make sure he's okay. And he's being served this, uh, exotic caviar. And uh, then we kind of change scenes, and that's not, I mean, we literally just see him getting ready to eat, and then it's like, boom, the Volt Cobra, which is Aphra's ship, and it's her and uh, Sana, and yeah, they're looking for Eben, and they, they come across the, the ship. Well, now, where are the, they? The big uh, cruise, they're on the Volt Cobra. Outside of Kaderan, in the Outer Rim. Is that important? I don't I don't remember Kaderan. Kaderan is the well, the Kaderan is the planet that that the Opal Empress was around, and so as they approach the Opal Empress, the Opal Empress is still at Kaderan, and what it says here it says Kaderan yeah. Outer Rim, later. Later, yeah. Right, so it's not so like up with them. these two things are not happening at the exact same time. I guess is the point. Oh uh, yeah, and they go on board the ship, and immediately it's disturbing. It is. Everyone's dead. They can't find even Drake, but everyone's dead. And this is some pretty disturbing drawings, actually, of them wandering through a ghost ship. Um, and I will say this. I really like the artwork throughout this book. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do, too. You know. And, and Sana, the Afro thinks she hears something. And, yeah. And it would be creepy going around a giant ship with a bunch of dead bodies. Especially if you think you hear something in the vents. um, Which is where she thought she heard it. So they get to one final room. Why do you think Sana tells... Sana specifically tells Aphra, don't steal anything. Like, why not? They're on this, like, luxury ship. Everyone's dead. Aphra, I think, is correctly just grabbing jewelry and money and stuff. I mean, this seems like a video game where you go into a treasure room. Why not loot it? Um, I don't know. My thought. 
Yeah, they it, do find uh, they do find Eben's room though. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know why they would leave everything unless they were worried it was cursed or I don't. I don't know. I don't think they would fall for. Well, something Afra like that. takes it. There's a scene of her. She's got a bunch of jewelry in one hand. And she says, "This will help pay out, pay some old debts." And I'm like, "Good for her." These yeah. people are done with it. That very much so. But Sana opens the door, and it's one of the more gruesome things we've seen in any of the comic books. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, it appears yeah. as though it's... his his life has been sucked out of him. Like the way they they colored it and everything. Like it. Either that or he's just been dead for a while. He's, right. he's gray. He looks kind of desiccated. There's a giant gross hole in his forehead. Yeah, Eb- so Evan's dead, if you haven't figured out what we're saying. Um, and <laughs> everyone they found is. him, and uh, he's got a card everyone's in his dead, hand. Everyone's dead. Yeah, he does. Yeah. This card is the invitation we've been looking for. Um, not that they've been looking for specifically, but... Yeah. And there's some weird scaly thing laying on his thigh that, for whatever reason, Afra decides to take with her. Um, but yeah, the, the, then she it gets more interested in that card. And of course, what's the card? It is the invitation. Did you just say? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's the Crimson Dawn invitation. They're back. Everyone knows now. And they're offering Han Solo to the highest bidder. <clears throat> yeah. And then we flash to Just Lucky, her former business partner who betrayed her. He also has one of these invitations. Yeah. Um, oh. Which, you know, again, and I know I keep saying this with the Just Lucky and Ariel U. I don't care about their story yet. No, I, I haven't found any reason to be interested in them. Now, they were originally from Corellia, weren't they? Because they're working for that big centipede-looking creature we saw in Solo. Right. And they've been hired by that creature whose name I always... Wendelphus. Is actually, I do know the name. Uh, Wendelphus wants them to assassinate Cray, who's going to be at this uh, this auction. So that's why they're going. They're not. They're the only group not going for Han Solo, I guess. Well, Afra's not either, I guess. Um, but we do have all of these story arcs coming together at this Crimson Dawn meeting where they're auctioning off Han Solo. Yeah. But these guys are going to there to to kill someone named Cray. And they've got some uh, mixed feelings on this because they actually liked Cray. When it seems that... That's all I got out of that. Yeah, it seems that you doesn't have a whole lot of mixed feelings. Um, It's really strange. And then that's it. We we don't see them again this issue, right? I don't think so, no. I don't think we see them at the end. We just know that they're also going there. They're going to. We know from former episodes, issues, that, um, that Just Lucky and Afra have a history. They used to be buddies. Yeah. Until Lucky betrayed her. But my big thing is it's... But now we're back to the Opal interest. It's two interest. pages of the book. Huh? Two pages of the book that we get from yeah. them. And then they're just gone again. They're like a like a mini-series. Like when you used to read... Um, gosh, I guess you'd read comic books and you'd open up to there'd be one page that just had... It's like reading the newspaper. An old newspaper. And going to the comic section, right? You read those comics... And they're just a, a quick little break from the news. Like, that's what they are. They're just this little... I don't know. I don't... I don't like them being there. I don't like where they were in the story either. Like, we got stuff going on here. So anyway, back to oh. the Opal, en- <laughs> Opal Empress. Um, we do get... Uh, Dirge busts in. 
yeah. Dirge just breaks on in and says, step aside, this bounty belongs to me. And Aphra's like, I'm she says, me? Um, and he says, what? No. <laughs> Which I like. I yeah. like the way he talks. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. He seems very uh, informal. Um, bounty hunters have a tendency. Yeah, like a regular throughout, person. Yeah, bounty hunters tend to be very formal and proper. This is the way things are. Very dramatic. They're dramatic, yeah. but they're also very, what, no. But I feel like in their conversations, they're also very. Uh, I don't know. They they tend to be very polite almost. It's the, it's, there's a there's a code of etiquette for them, like the cowboys of the wild west. Right, that's what I mean. But with with Dirge, he's he seems more. I don't know. It just seems different. Yeah, with just Dirge. the regular guy. Um, and he's not. But he's he hunting says, them no, because I'm, he's... I'm a... here for him, Evan Drake. <laughs> well, and I like and this part, says, too. Yeah, but I was... This is really yeah. important, because he says he's wanted in two different systems for weapon smuggling and murder, which yep. makes it seem like... Like, it's, it's interesting that he pointed out why he was after him, because most bounty hunters don't do that either. They don't yeah, give they some don't other care. person the reason, or they don't know the reason. But he specifically knows yeah. that he's a criminal, and that's why he's being hunted. So it's just an interesting, uh, it's an interesting take so on, on who he is. Really a bad guy, right? Well, and if but we, we talked about he does this, get bad. Well, we talked about this last episode uh, when we were talking about Bad Batch, and that some of the the Confederate systems weren't bad systems. They recognized the corruption of the government, of the Republic, and wanted out. They were deceived yep. by the Emperor and Dooku, but, you know, he could have easily been one of them. And he could have been from one of these independent systems who was, uh, you know, told by Dooku, hey, we need to win this war to, to protect your planet. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you know, he went after Obi-Wan, but... It it may have just been a he thought he was protecting his planet. He might be a good guy. No. No, I'm thinking he might be. Just a thought. I mean, just and it's just from that one line. It's just from the fact that they had him say that the guy is wanted for for weapon smuggling and murder. Nobody else says that. No. Um. But anyway, um, he said I wanted him alive. <laughs> Yeah, so he he's mad at them initially, and they're like, we didn't kill him, wait a minute. And they're like, wait a minute, you didn't kill him either, and we don't think you killed everybody on the ship, so who did? And that's when all Hades breaks loose, and these terrifying, weird creature things, these like squid things, pop out of the vents and start attacking them. Yeah, they're weird little creatures, they're like mini yeah. uh, Rathtars. Um no, they're not plants. They're more like little lobsters or no, something. The they, no, the no, no, no. The Drengears are plants. I said Rathtars. Uh, the Rathtars, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I guess they are like those. And, uh, yeah, Dirge is, like, killing them, but there's lots of them, and they're small, and they jump on you. And they do explain how they hunt people, or how they kill people. They, like, lay their eggs in food, 
And then when people eat the food, they hatch. So it's very xenomorph, uh, aliens kind of thing going on. Yeah. But now these things are all over the ship. And so they run. They find a place of safety for a little bit. They're called Kymotes? Cymotes? Yeah. C-Y-M-O-T-E-S. Cymotes. Um, and they have a moment to kind of regroup and talk about what they're going to do. And they say, well, they, they, they respond to a change in atmosphere. Uh, other than that, they're hard to kill. So they're going to launch them. And what does Dirge they, they say? What, what does Dirge say when she says they're notoriously hard to kill? He says, so am I. So am I. <laughs> I like all the stuff he says. Yeah. He said something about his yeah. blaster, too. Is that coming up in a minute? That We haven't said that yet. Yeah, no, that was right then. He, he flips a switch and his blaster like turns into a four-barrel blaster. <laughs> and Sana says, that's a neat trick. He says, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so I mean, they're, they're playing I like us to... Yeah, I like I like Dirge too. I like the way he's drawn too. But um, their plan is to to lure <clears> all these things to a uh, air uh, hatch um, and then eject them into space. Uh, so how are they gonna do it? Uh, they're gonna send Dirge as a uh, as the bait, and they're gonna follow him. He's gonna bait them all into this thing. because he he seems to be the most dangerous, so they're all after him, I guess. Um, yeah. and uh, well, Afro really does. <laughs> so Dirge runs into the airlock with all these things jumping on his body, and as soon as he's in the airlock, Afro, <laughs> well. She, she closes she, the door and sends him out. Yeah. <laughs> and Sana's a little bit upset about this. Like, wait, what are you doing? And uh, yeah, Dirge is like, wait, you can't do this. We had a we had a deal. He says, and Afra said, did we? And then she flushes the airlock, and Dirge and all the little cyobites or whatever are flushed into space. And they can't handle now, it, so they immediately die. Um. And, you know, she says, well, you know, wh- why did you do that without telling me? And she said, well, you heard the guy. He's notoriously hard to kill. Now, <clears throat> so that's that's that. Um, yeah. The side modes are so interesting now, because yeah. hmm? I said I'm, I'm wondering about the side modes. Because it seems strange that they both lay their eggs in the food and, and wait for people to to eat the food to hatch the eggs, but then they're also attacking. Or are they're they attacking? Man. They're multi-stage predators. Are they attacking? What do you mean multi? Well, yeah, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I understand what you're They're just like the alien. Yeah. But why but are they the after Dirge so is... much and not after the girls when he's around? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the last the, scene is Dirge floating in space, and it says he's notoriously hard to kill. But then we go back to the Inquisitor and Taggy space, which is the main headquarters of the Domina Taggy. Yeah. The woman who had hired them to find their cousin, her cousin, who we find out is dead, Eben. And so they're radioing in and... She says, so my cousin's dead, and Crimson Dawn's back, and they're like, yep. And she just is intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Do you so still have the invitation? Good. She knew, she, yeah, and now she's got a new mission for them. They're like, yeah, we're going to bring you the invitation, and she says, you don't need to do that. 
In fact, you're going in Eben's place. Dun, dun, dun. So another piece of the puzzle falls in. So that now Afra's going, Just Lucky's going, um, who else is going? Vader's going, <laughs> uh, Luke is going, um, Jabba's going, Lando and Leia, Jabba, so we got the Boba Fett, um, Valence is going, didn't Valence find out about this, Valence and Dinger? Yeah, Dinger. all the, the, the bounty hunter crews are going. Um, sounds like it's going to be a war of the bounty hunters. Yeah, it is. It is going to be a war of the bounty hunters. Yeah. We're going to need some more in, uh, information about some of these others coming up soon. So um, that's where this one ends. Yep. And that's it. I, I do like the Domino's last line to Dr. Afra. Do try to enjoy the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's supposed to just good. be going to to check in on what's going on. Right? Why is Crimson yes, Dawn back? What's happening? She's not there to to partake in the auction or to save Han Solo to, to or to interact Han with or anybody. Kill anyone, yep. um, just to find out what's going on. Now, and the cover for the next Doctor Afra has Boba Fett on it. Yeah, everything's going to be so, coming together here um, at this point because oh. they're all going to be there, um, which is again interesting to put any of these groups in the same place with the same I don't know it's it is an interesting concept of what's happening next so let's talk about the books that are coming up um, again next week we are going to talk about the High Republic book number six um, we didn't this week because we had three War of the Bounty Hunters books which this um, High Republic book was uh, better it, there's an improvement in the story here um, for sure. I, I already read it, <clears throat> of course. And today, Bounty Hunters number 14 came out. So we'll be talking about Bounty Hunters number 14 um, in in this upcoming uh, week. Then right after that, and this was kind of the one of the things I found interesting, right after that, next Wednesday, Dr. Afra number 12 comes out. Um Oh. And Dr. Afra number 11 was the one that just came out last week. So they're very quick turnaround on the Dr. Afras, where the Star Wars are, are pretty far apart. And again, I think it's because of those main characters. I think they pushed back Star Wars 15 to let some other things happen before they before they got that book going again. Um, <clears throat> then, well, actually, with Dr. Afra 12, we also have War of the Bounty Hunters number 2. Right, one of the uh, one of the new actual War of the Bounty Hunters series books. Um, so issue number two will be coming out July fourteenth, and the remaining July books are Darth Vader number fourteen, Jabba the Hutt number one. So whatever's going on after the War of the Bounty Hunters two, um, something's going on with Jabba specifically where he's got an issue of a book, and he's only got one issue. Um, it's just a one-shot book. And then Star Wars 15, and we will see the High Republic again next month. So that's, uh, I'm sorry, this month. So that's everything for July. Now, all of these books continue, but everybody, and we talked about this before, um, each of the bounty hunters or bounty hunter groups gets a one-shot book from here on, um, or each of the crime groups or whatever. So Jabba gets one book in July. Forlom and Zuckus get their own book in August. 
Uh, in September, Boosh gets his own book. And IG-88 gets a book in October. Now, one of the things that's really interesting to me so far is that it... Well, it can't be. Well, I guess it could be. Um, it looks like... And they might just not be in order yet on the on the screen that they give you or on the page that they give you for what the books are. Um, but IG-88 number one is listed as the last book for the War of the Bounty Hunter series. So I found that to be interesting. I don't know if that'll move around um, as far as the closing of the story goes. But we also had it with the MCU. And, uh, you know, Endgame happened. And then after that, we had the Spider-Man Far From Home movie, which was the actual last movie of of that phase of Marvel. So, you know, it could be just a story that comes after the the main event. Whatever. Those are some of the comic books coming up. Um, this is the point of the show where Jim and I are going to talk a little bit about Loki, I think. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Um, so if you have not seen Loki yet, you don't want to hear about that, or you like our Star Wars contact, content, but you don't respect us as Marvel fans, um, feel free to, to sign on out, mostly if you just haven't seen Loki yet. Otherwise... Stay and listen. Um, <clears throat> so it's going, man. Um, this is this is what episode five of is it six that we're getting for Loki? Yep, five of six. So next week is going to be the last one. Um, I wonder if they're going to resolve what's going on. Um, of course, we know that where it ended, it looks like they're going to whoever is is in control of the sacred timeline um yeah they are which is interesting so it kind of makes me wonder if uh if that that being will say um if they're going to be able to defeat that being or if it's going to close you know knowing that there's some other big bad um my guess is they defeat the bean um but anyway this episode was cool i liked the uh you know the the cerberus um dragon turtle cloud yeah um, i liked when alligator loki bit loki's hand off yeah, yeah and then you had a little war alligator with... loki was the best part of the episode alligator loki was great alligator loki was yeah. great and the whole episode was awesome yeah, I loved Alligator Loki. Yep, I um, love this show. I was so glad Morbius was back. I was I was afraid he was dead. Yeah, that would have been a bummer, man. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole episode was good. I really, had, I, I'm excited to see who the wizard behind the, you know, behind the green curtain is. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm excited to know what's going on next. Um, and I know some people who have a bit more depth in their Marvel, probably have some good ideas. Um, I'm just, I'm just excited. Yeah, there's, it's, uh, Mephistopheles is one of the big names that keeps getting thrown out, which is basically the devil. And there are some hints in WandaVision that he might be around too, because he's connected to Agnes. Um, so that might be it. So what I think that my guess, um, and this is, 
purely, I guess I haven't read any Reddit threads or anything, is that uh, next episode they maybe will, the final episode, reveal that it's Mephistopheles, or they'll at least they'll reveal who the big baddie is. Um, and then that's going to set us up for Doctor Strange in the, in the multiverse. Um, what are they, what's it called? Doctor Strange in the insanity of the multiverse or something? Yeah. Um, cause that comes out. So that's, yeah. Cause M- Mephistopheles, I think he's Doctor, I can't remember if he's Wanda's or Doctor Strange's big antagonist. Um, but they're tying it all together, and the evidence for this is, like, that bubble gum, that blue gum. There's an image on there that people are like, oh, well, that's Loki, it looks like a devil, but then other people are like, no, that's Mephistopheles, because he is the devil. Um, so I don't know, I think that might be the main bad guy in this. I don't know. But I think that, yeah, they're going to reveal the bad guy, and then it's going to tie us back to, like, Agnes and, and... Doctor Strange when the next movie comes out it'll all make sense yeah well the next because the next movie Doctor Strange isn't until next year right yeah so the Spider-Man movie is probably next yeah well Black Widow's next but oh that's right we're gonna go see that yeah (laughs) Yeah. tomorrow that's the next one um no actually but I don't think that's gonna hit on this stuff I'm assuming that's a prequel kind of story yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually... But yeah, Spider-Man is coming out this year. Um... Well, Black Widow died in Endgame, right? And not like Snap oh, yeah, Blade. Yeah, yeah. Like she, yeah, you're she right. died. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a, her origin story. Yeah. Well, sort of. I think it's a mixture of things. But I think it's all prior to... It's before Endgame. I think that's obvious. I don't know. Maybe it's a multiverse thing. Who knows? Lots of stuff. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be interesting for sure. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not too concerned. Um, wow. Nah, they they know what they're doing. Marvel is fantastic. Uh, Disney's control over the Marvel stories has been absolutely phenomenal oh yeah um i can't remember the last time they've i I don't think they've ever disappointed me with since they've taken control of marvel i mean i didn't i wasn't a big fan of captain marvel um is that what it's called yeah yeah but um that's my daughter's favorite disney uh marvel movie now so they did something right there yeah i enjoyed Um, the movie i just didn't grab me i don't know why um I, it was, it's, I didn't dislike it. It just didn't grab me. Yeah, like, and it was like it was loved, different like, than the Thor others. Ragnarok grabbed me. Yeah. Well, like, and, I love Star Wars, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. I love the Thor movies. Like those genuinely grabbed hold of me. But Captain Marvel, like I barely remember the storyline. I don't actually remember the storyline. <laughs> it's not a bad one to watch, um, but it's one of those things yeah. where you know, it's. It, and I and I enjoyed the movie. I, I had no issues with the movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Um, but I know that you know, your daughter enjoyed it. My daughter enjoyed it, um, and it gave them a bit more of of relatable characters for you know a female to have their own movie because we didn't have any of that in the MCU. Um, you know, yeah, leading up. Um, so it's it's important there because it just kind of gave that 
that little piece. And it wasn't like, you know, she wasn't an added character or some other thing. And it wasn't a big, um, actually, I think I liked it. It wasn't a huge, like, there wasn't a, a big push that the men can't do anything in the movie. And it was just a, you know, female success only. It was just a good movie with a... Like in The Last Jedi? Right, exactly. Um, they just did a good job of just making it so that, you know, she was just there and she did her thing. She was awesome. Um, the same thing they did with uh, Wonder Woman. They did a great job with that, too. Not Marvel, of course, but, you know. I yeah. Well, so anyway. That's all. Good stuff. All MCU. Right. Yeah, it's coming. Loki's awesome. I'm excited about the next episode. Um, I really do want to want to see what's coming and what it's going to what it's going to lead to. It seems like uh, a lot of time. I mean, we've got half a movie's worth of episode for them to go and deal with whoever this this bad guy is. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Heck yeah! Hopefully, it's not just like yeah. <laughs> them trying to get into this this house, and then at the very end of it, they finally get through the last door, and you see the face, and that's it. <laughs> That would be frustrating. Yeah. I'd accept it, but it'd be frustrating. But Marvel's done a good job of ending, like, Wanda, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. Like, all those had satisfying endings, even though they left, you know, enough meat there for, you know, to come back to. Right. So, I, I, I have full faith in them at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially after meeting Alligator Loki and pulling that off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, when they can do stuff like that and it works, you know that they're they're on top of it. They know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's great. So, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. This is one of our longer Force Lore Comics ep- uh, episodes. This is an episode, not an issue. Uh, one of our longer Force Lore Comics episodes, so... Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for uh, listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, reach out if you have any comments or questions or want to chat or talk or anything. And uh, until then, I'm Tim. I'm Jim. And this has been Force Lore Comics from our certain point certain of view. Certain point of view. There he is. Yeah. He came in on that one, Papa Bear style. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is the way. This is the way we spoken. Yes, and remember, the Force will be with you. Always. And also with you.